Hey guys, it's me, Blake, and you're listening to an all-new episode of Blonde Hair, Black Heart. Happy Valentine's Day! You guys, I am so excited. I'm I'm pretty basic. I love me a holiday. Any excuse to dress up and celebrate and give a gift or get a gift, um, I'm all about it. I mean, if you guys listen to uh, my episode a few weeks ago when I talked about my Christmas party that I threw, you know I love to, um, you know, celebrate. Uh, I will... I will celebrate the opening of an envelope. So uh, yeah, I'm really excited for Valentine's Day. It was so cute. I woke up this morning and my husband was like, happy Valencrimes Day. And I was like, Valencrimes? And he was like, yeah, Valencrimes, because you stole my heart. How freaking cute is that? Ah! So I'm excited to see him tonight. We're going to be all cute and gay together. And coming up, I have a really fun conversation with one of my best friends in the entire world. We've known each other since second grade, and we uh, tell some stories about our um, scary dating histories. And when I say scary, I mean (laughs) scary. So stick around for that. But first, I wanted to talk about the first two episodes of The Real Housewives of New Jersey this season. So going into the feud between Joe Gorga and Gia Judice, I have to admit that I was Team Joe. Um, and here's why. I totally sympathize with Gia and the rest of the Judice slash Judice girls. Um, I, I get why they're defensive of their dad. I understand why they don't like hearing uh, Joe Gorga say nasty things about him. But let's be real. Joe Gorga isn't wrong. Nothing he said about uh, Joe Judice is incorrect. He did send Teresa to jail. He did, you know, do all of these terrible things. Um, And let us not forget that he also was just like a huge asshole. I mean, he treated Teresa like shit. He most definitely cheated on her. Um, And not only that, but he was also horrible to Joe Gorga and Melissa Gorga for years. I mean, the things he would say about Melissa were terrible. So my question has always been, you know, if we're going to be asked to think about Gia and the rest of the Judice daughter's feelings, are we thinking about like Antonia and, you know, uh, Joey and Melissa's kids' feelings at all? Um, I mean, they've been subjected to hearing terrible, terrible, horrible things about their parents from their aunt and uncle also, you know? So for me, that was kind of my headspace going into these episodes like I don't really feel that bad for Gia because you know I I mean I do feel bad for Gia but I guess I my compassion is is spread amongst the entire family not just to the Judice kids that said watching the episode I thought Gia handled herself so well I mean obviously she got kind of annoyed in the beginning and and you know was you could tell she was aggravated but by the end of the the fight or conversation or whatever you want to call it, I think she was handling herself far more graciously and gracefully and um, adult-like than Joe Gorgo was. And I also appreciated Melissa stepping in. I thought she was a good mediator. You know, ter- I mean, Teresa was just like standing there, like giggling in the background, but Melissa was actually trying to help and I appreciated that. And that, I've always got that. You know, I've always gotten the vibe that Melissa really does want the family to be together. So anyone who, you know, a lot of people who are team tree just like hate Melissa and think that she is awful and and you know is purposely trying to tear the family apart and that's why they came on the show to begin with and I've I've never really subscribed to that behavior and I think that this episode was a a good example of Melissa you know really trying to get in there and make things right and I've always gotten that vibe from Melissa so yeah so that's my you know my thoughts on that I thought you know in in overall in like the entire the entire scheme of the fight like I don't really have a side but watching the conversation play out I thought Gia was you know like the winner I guess so to speak okay let's talk about Marge and Jennifer I am I'm probably gonna lose so many listeners I'm team Marge you guys I am team Marge and I know that the internet is all team Jennifer. Everyone hates Marge right now. She's getting like one of those seasons where people are actually like petitioning for her to be fired, which I always think is so silly, you guys, unless a housewife is like spreading really, really problematic, like misinformation and like dangerous rhetoric. Like, 
Kelly Dodd um, or like, you know, Jenny Wynn, then there's no need for them to be fired. If you just think that they're a bitch, that's kind of what the show's about. So let's let it play out. I'm Team Marge because Jennifer has been throwing stones for years whilst living in the biggest glass house of all time. And that glass is starting to crack now. I mean, let's let's be real. It's shattering around her. And that's on her. Um, I, I've never liked the way that she has, you know, spoken to and about Marge um, from Marge's, you know, previous affair. I obviously I don't condone cheating or anything, but I think, you know, when people start off in an affair, but they end up together and they're married and they've been together for decades, like it is what it is. Obviously, they were meant to be together, you know, and so I've always felt that Jennifer was really unfair to Marge and all of that. Um, and then obviously Jennifer, you know, was throwing stones at Jackie and like making implications about Jackie's marriage and then supposedly was like trying to get tea about it to spread on the show. And so it's like, if Jennifer has no problem, you know, uh, shining a light on everyone else's infidelities or rumors of infidelities or whatever, you know, cracks in, in their marriages, then I don't think it's fair for her to cry foul when, um, you know, the spotlight is shown back on her. Um, I also think this is, this is my, my biggest kind of takeaway as to why I am team Marge and not team Jennifer. I think that Jennifer is hugely hypocritical because she is supporting her husband and that's fine. You know, if you choose to forgive him and, and take him back, that's one thing, but she has, you know, built him up. And even in these these episodes this season when these rumors are out she's talking about how he's the best husband and he does everything to support her and he's never done her wrong and blah 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 and you know she she was going to take his secret to the grave no one knew about it and it's like if you're so willing to protect your husband and his reputation and your family's reputation but you're going to pass really harsh judgment on anyone else that's ever been in that situation you're a hypocrite and if you're going to forgive your man and stand by your man, but then pass judgment on any woman who's ever cheated or, or been a mistress, then not only are you a hypocrite, but you're also a misogynist. So, yeah, so that's where I stand. Um, like I said, I know a lot of people are going to hate me for this, but um, I still love you guys. And I I don't hate you if you're Team Jennifer. So um, please still like me. Let's talk Celebrity Big Brother. Now, since the last time we spoke, Mariah has been evicted, Chris Kirkpatrick was evicted, Chris Kattan self-evicted, and by tonight, Shayna Mokler will probably be evicted. Guys, I am so sad, like devastatingly sad, and there's not really much to say except I hate Todrick Hall. I fucking hate him. He is a rat. He is a snake, he's a little bitch, and he needs to go down. So I, I don't know what needs to happen inside that house. I am praying that Shayna Mokler can manifest a veto win tonight and save herself and somehow flip Cynthia and Carson back onto her side and they can all go after Misha and Todrick, but Todrick has gots to go. If he wins this game, I... I I'm going to like boycott. I mean, I'm not actually going to boycott because like I love reality TV, but I'm going to say that I'm going to boycott Big Brother forever. Like, oh, it is so frustrating watching him gaslight everyone in the house. He's made really inappropriate comments to multiple players about like their family, like bringing up their kids and eh, he's he's gross. He's awful. So my one message to my listeners is, in a world where you can be anything, don't be a Todrick Hall. Okay, guys, so you are about to hear a really fun conversation with one of my best friends in the whole world, Alon. We've known each other since second grade, and as a matter of fact, we even dated in like sixth or seventh grade. It was a pretty hot and steamy romance. Um, I remember I called her. I was with some of my guy friends, and she was with her girlfriends, and I called her from my landline. And I 
um, was talking to one of her friends, uh, I think her friend Violet, and I was like, I want to ask Alana, and she was like, well, you, you're a singer, you have a really good voice, so why don't you sing it to her, she'll really like that, and... <laughs> At the time, this was like the early 2000s, so like, you know, hip-hop was was really big. I'm, I'm like such a white boy. But that song by Master P called Ooey was like number one on the charts. So I remember when Alon came on the phone, I was like, will you go out with me? Ooey! Um, the relationship lasted like a week. <laughs> Anyways, without further ado, my conversation with Alon, where we answer the question... What's in the box? Oh my god, hi Alon. Uh, it's so hi. good to see you. It's so good to see you, Blake. I've missed you so much. I know. Oh, thank you so much for doing this. I, I, you know, when I was thinking about doing a Valentine's Day episode, I immediately was like, I want to tell like ridiculous dating horror stories. And I don't know if this is a compliment, but you immediately came to mind. <laughs> so I was like, I mean, I was like, Alon, you know me well, and you yeah. know my past, and I'm so excited to share these. Well, right. I was uh, like, I you can learn. Yeah, I feel like you more than them. any of my other friends have like <laughs> traversed the dating scene. You know, um, you've you've like gone through the the dating forests and come out the other side. Yes, so, I have. I have. I have done a walkabout. As yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, anyways, thank you for doing this. You you literally stepped out from a uh, Super Bowl party to talk oh, to yeah. me. So I oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. The background uh, ripping inside Super Bowl party. I'm in LA. The Rams are playing, and uh, I'm in a. <laughs> um, I'm outside of a Super Bowl party. Obviously, very Rams focused. LA. Let's go. Is, is um, are what, are the LA, what are Rams colors? <laughs> I don't know. I, I was just gonna ask. Are the Rams an LA team? I didn't even know that. Yes, they moved up here. I don't know from where. To be honest, San Diego. I'm not sure. But well, now they're LA. And um, their colors, I've found out recently, are blue and yellow. I'm wearing blue jeans. And <laughs> they're like it's always a tertiary color. And, so and they're like blue. very, those are very faded blue jeans. They're like basically gray. <laughs> I know. They're, they're so acid wash. Um, wait, that's so weird. I didn't know that the Rams were like a California thing. Do, do, yeah. are, there even, are there even Rams like in LA? Like, no. is that? No, okay. they are not. They are not local to our flora and fauna <laughs> environment. That's for sure. And it's so funny. So I was like, I wanted to, um, I wanted to wear this shirt that said Los Angeles on it. It's white and it has Los Angeles in red. And, um, and my boyfriend was like, no, that, that's like too close to the Bengals colors, uh, which is the opposing team. And I was like, what? Yeah. Get it together. It bitch. Come on. <laughs> it's not the same. It's not the same. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, obviously I'm not watching the game. Um, so what? I know, right? My Matt and I, my husband not, and I, we were like, no, we got invited to go over to our friend's house, and yeah, um, we were like, no, we're gonna watch the new J Lo movie. <laughs> yeah, duh, that sounds amazing. Also, I mean, the only reason I like to go to Super Bowl is to like eat the food and like party. I mean, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I was I was a cheerleader all throughout high school, and I never understood the game. So, <laughs> right, but like, damn, damn, did you get the crowd up on their feet? <laughs> oh yeah, actually, afterwards, like after post high school, I watched that show. You know, Friday Night Lights. I'm sure you yeah. guys know it. That is how I learned more about football than I ever did four years cheerleading. Um, that makes sense because that actually like tells you a little bit about how the game is played, and I'm like, oh that's what first and 10 means yeah no i still so, have no idea i have no idea how the the sport of football it's, it's is played at all i do have a question yeah, um, you know speaking yes. of you being a, a cheerleader i i vividly remember on game days you guys would have to like wear your cheer uniforms to school all day long oh, like yeah. in like how oh, they yeah. how in tv shows you see the cheerleaders like dressing up in their cheer uniform every day like you you guys wore them specifically on game days. Oh yes, but... we had to wear them every Friday during game day, um, which was also like, as far as as far as cheerleading uniforms go, ours was pretty risque. That's what I was gonna say. Like you, you guys looked kind of skanky. We looked like it was. I mean, this was this is definitely the stereotype that 
that the rest of the world probably thinks of cheerleaders because our skirts was a flyaway skirt, which is different from the normal skirt that's like all like together. It was like little flaps. Individual pieces that would fly, you know, like so when you kick, when you do things, it flies up, like all the individual pieces fly up. Yeah, it was like a vag show. Like these tiny little booty shorts, like literally underwear underneath it. And like, I was shocked that they would have us wear that to school every Friday. Every yeah. time we had to. I mean, it was well, like it, an option. It definitely and, got people to the games. Oh, of course. I mean, <laughs> I, I remember I, I, I remember being even accosted like during high school, like class class time. Yeah. About yeah, yeah, like wearing that, wearing that outfit because it was just it drew a lot of attention. And I'm like, oh my God. I'm but sure. it was it's fun. It was it was cool. It was yeah. And at least I mean, and then on Thursdays, I don't know if you recall this, we had to wear these really ugly sleeveless polos to support <laughs> the JV team. Oh my god! Um, Wait, so so when the JV team played, oh. you guys had to look less hot. <laughs> we seriously, we we on Thursdays. I don't know if you. I mean, I blocked this out of my memory because it was such a fashion faux pas. We wore sleeveless polos tucked into jeans on Thursdays to support JV. And it was like the ugliest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, no, you guys look um, like, like uh, moms, like the team moms supporting, yes, we supporting your like, sons. We look like the boosters. We look like the boosters. <laughs> um, and yeah, but then on Friday, we're like, hey, that's uh, this is that's what's under there. That's what's under the polo. This yeah. is what was under the polo. Oh my God. Um, okay, so wait, in like into your adulthood, because yes. I know you I know you still have your cheer uniform. because oh, it still fits. I just wore it on for, Halloween. Um, I, I just wore it on Halloween, actually, yeah. Uh, have you ever worn it like for sexy time? Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. I thought so. I thought so. Yeah. It's so cute because it's so slutty. Exactly. No, do you have like kind of the reverse fetish? Like, are you into a guy in like a, like uniform, like a guy in a football Jersey or something? Does that like get you going? Um, no, no. Yeah. No, I mean. But you're willing I, to support I the team. I it away, but yeah. it's not a, it's, I'm not. I don't care about, about yeah. that. Otherwise. Okay. So yeah. I, I want to know, and I think my listeners want to know, I mean, first of all, Ooh. most of my yeah. listeners are women and gay men, but to Ooh. any, to any straight men out there listening, Alon is like so fucking hot. It's insane. So any guy would want to know what, what are your turn-ons or like, what are things that are, um, you know, uh, things that you look for when you're, uh, searching for a mate in the, the okay. jungle of dating. Okay. I mean, I think this has also been like played out. I mean, of course, a tailored suit, anything that, you know, if you get a piece of clothing that you like, tailor it to your body. It's not a big deal to go bring it into a tailor. If you can get it from a place that's not, you know, whatever, like an off the rack kind of situation, but then if you tailor it to your own specifications, so that it really brings it out, you know, your, your, your form and everything that is amazing. I want yeah. something fitted that looks good. I mean, joggers are always sexy. I want to see the package and, um, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I mean, also just, yeah, confidence, not overly showboating confidence. I don't want that, but something that you are confident in, which again, it fits well. And, yeah. um, and confidence two important things and especially a nice get a suit and tailor it to you you can get it off the rack wherever you get it just get it tailored it's going to cost you you know whatever fifty dollars to tailor it and it'll look so amazing on you and like wow that is just the hottest thing also beards i love i'm like a I ooh, I love a good beard. I you know I I get it. I'm into I like Matt when he has some facial hair too. Oh um, yeah. No, I'm I, all about the facial hair. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that like dressing for your body is so important, no matter what mm-hmm. style yes. you're into. Figure like whether whether you're into like that you. businessman style, a tailored suit. If you are into kind of more of like a like a casual rocker vibe, that's yes. fine. But dress for your body. There's nothing dress worse than body, someone that 100%. looks like a schlub. You know. Yes. And, and even if you're wearing something casual like joggers, pair it with a shirt that, yeah, highlights like the best part of, you know, you like make it like look like a nice thing, like put with some cute little sneaks or whatever you're going to do, just make it look cohesive. And it's like, that's the vibe it, uh, versus it's like just thrown together, like make it, a you know, a, a, a point to be a cohesive look. Like I did this on purpose. Right. Look like you care. Like a way that, Pardon? 
look like you care, you know, like, look like, like you care. exactly. You got to look like you care. Exactly. Because if you don't care, why are, why are we going to care? Why am I going to care? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, okay. So you mentioned showboaters and, and immediately I thought of your ex, uh, I'll bleep out his name. Um, yeah uh he is like one of the biggest showboaters i've ever met oh my god so like what 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 was it like that that drew you to him and how did you how were you able to kind of like put that part of his personality to the side because you were with him for a few years yeah i was i was with him for for several years um uh, and and okay, wait, let me let me. I, I have to say, he was a nice guy. He was a really nice, guy. nice guy. I, I think he I treated you well. well. He treated your sure. friends well. Yeah. He wasn't like he wasn't a dick, but like he, when you look up showboater, like you find his picture. A hundred percent. He was that was him in the dictionary for sure. I think so. What what it was for me was that right from the get go, he was so attentive and just just one minded in getting me and keeping me as his girlfriend he was he you know like it's not like a oh I'm gonna call you in three days like whatever there's no rules like he was he wanted to date me he knew he wanted to date me he was very adamant about like I he even said like later on he he had listened to or read the book you know the secret and he had been wishing for a girl and he was like you are the girl that I called out for like you're the girl I don't mean to I, I don't mean to judge, but the fact that he like he like manifested you after reading the secret. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what he said to me at, at one point. Yes. Um, so, yeah, from the get go, I mean, he was very, very respectful, very gentlemanly. He didn't even like he we dated for like a month before he even tried to like do anything with me. He was constantly like trying to, you know, show me show me a good time, take me out like you know, make me feel special and, and like, just, just be a gentleman. Like he was, he was very good at that. He was really good at that. And, you know, he would always like take me to like really cool places, parties, dinners, like all these things. And he's like, you know, just to show me, like, I, I really do care about you. Like, and, and so I, I want to, I want to take you and, and take you but also like show you off a little bit probably right it's a show totally. but um you know he was like yeah like i i'm i'm serious about this like let's have let i i'm i'm in it for the long haul and that was like clear from from kind of not necessarily day one because at first i actually thought he was gay when i first met him um because he's so showboaty that it can be like misinterpreted as like you know he's like flamboyant but like yeah. that like in a good way i mean he's like metro like there's no there's no defined way to be if you're one thing or the other it doesn't matter you know but um I felt safe with him from the beginning because he was so sweet he was he wanted to get to know me first he was a friend and so then maybe, yeah he, maybe you felt like you maybe you got that gay vibe because he was like almost a little unassuming and like non-threatening yes oh yeah I mean with me it was, it was great especially yeah like the beginning like he and was, you've he you've just, had guys you've had guys in the past that have maybe been like aggressive with you right not no, not necessarily in like so, a like a bad way but like right, in terms of dating right. like they they're right. like really in your face you know yeah exactly and he was so like on my own time and like you know all whatever so that by the time he did make a move, it was already like I had felt comfortable with him and he was, you know, I, I felt comfortable with him. Like he, he had proved himself to be like this guy that was serious and like wanted something more. And um, so I was like, yeah. And then the reason then too, uh, all our faults uh, in our relationship aside, he continually built me up in our relationship. He was so um loving and supportive he always was like talking about you know how smart I was and how like beautiful I am and like all this stuff like he was constantly reaffirming that and he just he really wanted to make it work with me long term because like he just was like this is the girl that I meant to be with kind of thing um but yeah I mean he was yeah that that was why so, like, he, was so he, like, he like made it easy you know and he so made it easy for me I mean like, he made it, uh, it I, I'll flip it and say he made it he made it hard for me to leave because of that. Okay. Yeah. No, I totally get that. I mean, that is so, so similar to my whole situation with, oh my, gosh. with my ex. Yeah. Yeah. Who is yeah. like my ultimate dating horror story. Like oh literally gosh. like, yes. like cue the like psycho theme music. Like I t- <laughs> exactly like terrifying. <laughs> 
Oy. I mean, should I tell that story? You should. Please do. Oh I, my I God. love hearing this story. It's so funny and I want to hear it and I want to. <laughs> I love oh my God. I haven't heard it in a while, so I'd love to have a refresh of this. Yeah, it's like one of those stories that all of my friends know and like, you know, at at a random dinner party or something every few years, it will come up, right. you know? Yeah. Um, people will be like, Blake, Blake, tell the, the story about the box of bugs. <laughs> so, <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So this, <laughs> so this was, this was years ago. This was when, you know, we were still in our twenties. We were young, fresh kids running around oh, Hollywood. Fresh face. Yeah. And um, we're still fresh face. Yeah. No, real. literally I, I, God, I, he's like somehow going to hear this and come. Oh God. You're like, like scared. I'm, I'm and, scared too. That, that like the people that I'm talking about are also going to hear this. I'm, I'm terrified of him in particular. And like the, the yeah. listeners will hear why he follows you. I'm sure yeah. he still follows you from afar. Crazy, crazy. I, I'm sure he does. Hey. I, I have no doubt that he keeps tabs on you because of the obsessive nature of just the way in which he, he maneuvered your relationship. I mean, he was just obsessed with you. So yeah. Well, anyways, so uh, hi, Steven. <laughs> um, okay. So, <laughs> so, so when we first met, like I liked him well enough, he was, you know, he was like, fine. You know, he wasn't super hot or super charming or anything, but he was just like, you know, he was like cute and yeah, nice. Yeah. He was like, fine. You know? Yeah. Um, but I was it's never... also it's also the persistence too that that well, really right. draws you in. Exactly. So I I was never like super infatuated with him or anything, but I was young enough. Same with me with Ben. Right. Yeah. And so I like I I didn't feel like I was looking for that at that time. It for right. me it was just dating. But right. I I quickly started realizing that for him it was way more like he was way yeah. more into me than I ever That's was into it. him. Yeah. Sorry. Um. No worries. So again, like. To me, it wasn't all that serious, but whatever. I didn't really care. There was there. I didn't care that there was this kind of like imbalance in the dynamic because I didn't consider it a long-term thing. Um, but then honestly, at some point, I think I really started to enjoy the fact that he liked me so much. Like it was, right. it was like a huge confidence booster, you know? Like yeah, exactly. he, he made me feel really smart and really funny and like really popular, right. you know, like I had a lot of friends and right. I, was, oh, yeah. I was, we were living in Hollywood. I was going out to like fun parties and events. And like, I think for him, sure. I was kind of like aspirational, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, maybe he liked what he, I represented. He was the reacher. You were the settler. Yes, 100%. And who knows? Maybe he liked what I represented more than like me as an actual person. But either way, he was really into it. And I was like really flattered by that. So yeah. so I kept staying with him just so I could kind of stay on that pedestal sure. for a while. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but you know what happens when someone is just like kind of always the sidekick or just like always like kind of inherently falls into that beta position and they start like following you around. And they, yeah. They, yeah. They like look, they're like looking for you to like lead them through life and you just start right. becoming like really annoyed by their existence. You know, you're just like, Oh my oh, God, yeah. like, why are you always over my shoulder? Um, he started feeling, he started feeling like this tumor that was just like growing out of me, you know? I know. And like, the thing is like, you should feel it, it you should be able to feel like you have your own identity within a relationship and um, be able to be at a party and be together, but then also not be together, you know, like, right. you know, like that's like, they're, they're doing their thing and then you're doing your thing and then you come together and like, that's like important. And I think like Benji was really good about that. He yes. was always so supportive of like, you know, us having our, like I, you know, girls nights, he would have guys nights. We'd plan them on the same night kind of thing. And that was great. And so it was like amazing to have that kind of balance in a relationship. But when it becomes so much so that the other person doesn't have that personal identity, like they, they rely on you for that. It's that's when it becomes something toxic and unmanageable on, unsustainable well right and especially too because like you know we would go to these events and he he wasn't someone who was able to just kind of like go and hold his own and we were with right. my friends and like you know you guys all thought he yeah. was like so fucking annoying so no one wanted to be <laughs> no one wanted to be around him like I think you guys all tolerated him for a bit because you guys are good yeah. friends to me right. but but like ultimately no one liked him we all thought he was just like annoying you know he told stupid stories and stupid jokes and he was just like awkward and like no one wanted him around and my friends are yeah. so important to me that I was just like, okay, this is never going to work, you know? Yeah. So I feel For like sure. at, a, at that point I started like the, the process of trying to break up with him um, because it literally was like a process, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think I tried Sometimes to Sometimes it doesn't take. 
Right, exactly. I think I pro- I probably tried to break up with him like a dozen times over the course of like a month. And mm-hmm. every time he would like break down, he would be like hysterically crying. He would be begging me to oh, stay God. with him and it would like wear me down. So I, yeah. I, it was just like so exhausting to be with him, but it was even more exhausting to try and leave. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so you just like, you just give in. Right. So I remember one morning in particular, we, like we woke up um, and I was getting ready for work. And there was just like another moment where he was just like annoying the living crap out of me. So I am like, look, I think we need to call this. And he just starts like screaming and crying and begging and it's going on and on. And I'm like, there's like tears and snot everywhere. Oh my it was God. A mess. And I'm, I'm like looking at my watch and I'm like, dude, I have to go to work. So I finally was like, oh, okay, fine. We're still together. Like, just let me go to work now. You know, it was like a, a nightmare. I, I like, yeah. I literally couldn't escape, you know? Yeah. So, I forget how I finally ended it, but I did. And yeah. it was real and he like accepted it um, right. and or like believed that it was serious. So we broke up and then I remember that weekend was St. Patrick's Day. And Ooh. I was living with Brants and Callie in that house in Hollywood. Right. And we threw a St. Patrick's Day the, the one by Scientology building? Exactly, yeah. We could see the Scientology building from our- That was, that, that was hilarious. That house. <laughs> um, so we threw a St. Patrick's Day party. I'm. You were probably there. Yeah, or, I was there. I was yeah, there. Yeah, I so I mean, Anne was there. Kristen and Jackie were there. Like everyone was there. And, you know, I'm like hostess with the mostest. So I'd set up like a whole photo booth with like props yeah, and everyone to so take cute. pictures with. And so and so then the next day I like uploaded all 100 of the photos to like a Facebook album because yeah, like that because, was the thing. Exactly, because we're, we're millennials and this was like 2014. Um, and so obviously he saw the the photos and like right. lost it. And he like was convinced that I intentionally threw this party and posted the photos like to get back at him or like to rub it in his face oh which like, like I didn't I didn't care that much you know I don't even th- I would didn't even consider you in this decision right so a few days later I like wake up and I'm leaving to go to work and I go to leave and there's this mysterious box at my front door <laughs> so I go and I look and it's addressed to me um, and the ad- return address is like an Amazon fulfillment center. So, and this was way before like I was a prime member and I bought everything on Amazon. So I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, I didn't, I didn't know yeah. what it was. So I opened the box. <laughs> What's in the box? Um, What's in the box? <laughs> I, I opened the box and inside are literally hundreds of dead bugs. Um, more specifically dead crickets. So- he sent this through the mail. Yes. So I, I like freak oh out. God. I freak out. I drop the box and like, you know, thank God the bugs didn't go scattering bugs everywhere. And no, right. Thank God. I didn't <laughs> have them. But I dropped the box and I like kick it outside and get it the fuck away from me. And I, I like Google an Amazon customer service number and I get someone on the phone and like give them the tracking number and they're able to like look up the order. Right. And they're like, okay, do you know anyone? Cause I'm like, who the hell sent me this box? Um, and and first of all, wait, my first question is like, why does Amazon even sell dead bugs? Right. <laughs> like, I I think it must be like, like animal feed or something, but like, oh it's still, it's weird, you know? Um, so, so I call them and I'm like, hi, I did not order this box of dead, cr- dead crickets. Like, please tell me who sent this to me. And the lady's like, oh, okay, um, do you know anyone uh, with the first name Nonya? And I'm like, Nonya, like, I don't, Nonya, I don't know anyone named Nonya. I don't Nonya. Yeah. And she's like, Nonya, uh, this was sent from Nonya B. Isness. Nonya B. Isness. Oh and my I'm God. Like, None of Nonya business. business. Nonya business. Like this little oh fucker. Oh my God. He, he may be a genius. Like he's a fucking sociopath, but. Yeah. Like a fucking evil genius. He covered his tracks like Nonya business. It's, it's so like smart that it's scary you know um yeah I he he never admitted to it I like for sure reached out and asked him about it he never admitted to it um I like felt like I had bugs crawling over me like on top of me for weeks it was it was oh my god the nightmares it was the worst but you want to know the worst thing about all of this is that months and months and months later I saw that he had a new boyfriend and I for whatever reason was like feeling really low. I think at that time I mentioned I was living with Branson Cali. We were all fighting and I was just in a low place. I saw he had a new boyfriend. I texted him one night and told him to break up with his boyfriend and like come over and he did it. And he did it. No 
Oh my God. I don't think <laughs> I knew this part of the story. Oh my God, Blake. Oh, Blake. I know I'm awful. There's it's a reason, okay. there's a reason, there. there's a reason why this show is called Blonde Hair, Black Heart. Like, it, yeah. I, you know, it is what it oh, is. For sure. It is what it, it is. is. What it is. Uh, we all make those mistakes. How scary. Like, has any, I, so I need scary. to know, I need to know if anyone listening has ever had like a random box show up with like a deceased animal inside of it. <laughs> um, because I, we need to form a support group if so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Turds, animals glitter bombs oh anything. God. i wouldn't what? mind i wouldn't mind a glitter bomb so much that's just cute yeah all right okay wait though you have you have like a pretty scary ex-boyfriend too i mean you I have do. like a you have like a re 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 moment also and i was with you when this happened and it was I like know. it was like out of a horror oh movie God. like time froze i mean do you want to tell the story you should tell yeah it. i'd be happy to um i when i first um got out of college I was I you know I'm in like the especially in LA and I'm in the club scene and all this stuff and, we, and I go to Pulse wait UW. yeah I, I remember one year for your birthday you had a party at a club with like a giant oh, yeah. cake with your picture on it and it was like the yeah. most LA it was like the most iconic LA thing ever. I know it was I, so fucking cute th- that night I remember thinking to myself like this is Hollywood this is Hollywood it was it, it was Hollywood <laughs> I literally had a cake with my face on it all for free they like let and they and they also like they had they I, I was able to invite like anyone I wanted yeah I remember uh, Br- Brands came girls. yeah Brands came with me that night Britney came yeah, with boys me that and night girls, which is why it's like then you've made it you know because like usually yeah. just like oh girls like right. you know because promoters but no they were like oh no what whoever you want like yeah let's do it we have like this like whole section rent it out for you we're gonna get you a cake like send it you know all this stuff and they did it like to the nines like it was great it was yeah, a great it was, so fun. it was such a cute little um uh experience so anyway though back to um this this in particular guy let's let's I, let's wait let's make up a, a fake name for him um okay yeah let's make how, up a fake name how about like alan okay let's do alan okay so alan i was out to i i, I think it was i was it was uh it was um it was halloween because i remember we were dressed up i was actually with allison Patton <laughs> randomly um and we went to Boosie Bellows in Hollywood. And, um, you know, during that's obviously like guys, project, whatever, this group of guys in particular was like very invested in, in, in us and like trying to get to know us. And one of them was Alan. And, was, he, um, was he wearing a suit? For sure. He was definitely <laughs> very corporate America. Like, yeah. um, yeah, he was like, he's like a management consulting, like, you know, whatever. He's an Australian guy. Um, and I didn't really give him much credence, like the time, you know, I was like, okay, great, whatever. I mean, I love the accent obviously. Um, but so we meet at Bootsy Bellows and, um, he wasn't even living in LA at the time. Um, he was living in Australia. He was just visiting friends that were in LA. And so we meet, we go out like while he's here, we like actually end up spending Christmas together because he wasn't going back and I'm Jewish anyway and whatever. <laughs> um, so we eat Chinese food on Christmas, you know, it's like, where is cute. And then he goes back and we, um, it was, it was very nice. I mean, he, he wanted to see me again. Obviously he wanted to make this work. I'm 22. I don't really care, but um, he's like, why don't we meet in the middle? Why don't I fly you out to Hawaii? And, um, and we can, we can do that. And so I was like, okay, I mean, sure. So, you know, we, we can, we initially, essentially we, we continue relation. We, we have a relationship. He flies me out to Hawaii, flew me out to Australia. I lived in Australia for a few months. Um, and then he decided that he was going to transfer within his company to the LA office. because They have one here. And he has a lot of friends here. And I was like, even at the time, I was like, you know, Alan, I don't, if you're doing this for me, like, please don't do that because I'm not, I'm 22. I don't, I'm not ready to settle down. We're both Jewish though. He really loved that I was Jewish. Um, and you know, like he's like, no, 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 no. I, I, I was already thinking about this and I, I was already going to be doing this and, and I have friends out there and I'm like, okay, sure. Great. Like, whatever. So he moves out here and, um, I mean, we dated for a few years, you know, Yeah. and, um, but he was, I mean, 
even at the time, I'm 22, he was like 30. I think our maturity levels were equal because he was pretty immature. Oh my God, uh, he, was, he was such a baby. Super immature, such a baby. So immature, he was the baby of his family too. Very immature and like, you know, so that's why we worked even at the time. But like, I I knew this, this is not my end all be all. I mean, he right. even at one point asked me, um, the synagogue that my grandparents got married in so that he could determine whether or not we were in the same like uh, temple like in the same like like level of like like level of like yeah like okay like just are you gonna need to meet with a rabbi because like we're orthodox you know yeah but yeah and, and I was like, look, we're not, we're not, we're not getting, you know, I was like, I'm not ready to get married. He's like, oh no, no, me, me neither, me neither. But like, where did your grandparents get there? You know, I was <laughs> right. like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. Oh my God. So anyways, yeah, these Wait, are like I- things that. I have to speak on his like immaturity really quick. So I remember one year we uh, ran into you guys at Coachella and, yeah. and so we like kind of like combined groups yeah. and we were trying to figure out where to go. And I forget who we all wanted to see. It was probably someone, I think we were trying to go see like Solange or someone like really sick. Yeah. And yeah. And he kept insisting on going to see Flume, which like, that's cool. Flume is great, whatever. Um, but but he yeah. was like like stomping his feet in the ground. I remember oh, yeah. he, was he was like crying because we didn't want to go. And he was like, but I want to see Flume. And we were like, just, just go see Flume then. Like, we'll, we'll come go. find you exactly. later. You know, like exactly. you have a cell phone. You're a grown ass adult. You're like a 31 year old man, you know? Yeah. Um, and to this day, sometimes Brant and I will just like <laughs> randomly like, like text each other and be like, oh, I want to go see Flume. Oh, I want to. And and you know what? We went and uh, saw Solange and Beyonce came on stage. So yeah, it was like Andrew. so fucking worth it. I mean, like, oops, Alan. I mean Alan. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> oops. Um, yeah. So I know he was he was he was the thing where he was he just didn't uh, I was like, dude, just calm the fuck down. Yeah. Anyways, though, I had tried then to break up with him. I, like you said, you know, sometimes it doesn't, uh, we were talking about it doesn't take all yeah. the time. And you, you really got to like in, force it, you know? Right. I mean, I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm young and inexperienced too. And like, I would try and break up with him and he would, cause he would be mad at me for things. Like he'd be jealous. He'd be mad. He'd be this, he'd be that. And like, I'd be like, okay, I don't think this is working then, you know, but the management consultant in him would just constantly convince me otherwise right like, and it's manipulation very, it's, it's manipulation yeah very very good at convincing me out of the breakup um he wasn't he wasn't like steven he wouldn't he wouldn't like fall apart and 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 you know like break down kind of thing but he was just like one-minded like he was like no no, no and here's why we shouldn't break up like kind of thing right and so yeah he just would keep me on finally i had to break up with him and I wouldn't have done this normally. And I don't condone this typically, unless you really need to do this. I had to break up with him over the phone after a three-year relationship. And I, because I, he wouldn't take it otherwise. And I was yeah. at the end of my rope and I wanted this to be done. And that was, I mean, yeah, that was the only way I could see to do it and really be finite about it. Because if he was in person with me, he would have talked me out of it. Right. So I'm one way able to say, look, this is actually over. Okay. So obviously then, I mean, he shows up at my door. He's like, you know, he showed up at my door many times, but he tried to come over all this stuff. He's out like whatever. Right before we broke up and Blake, you were, you were also a part of this too. Um, as you recall, we had tickets to this festival. Um, the hard, it was a hard, hard day of Hard summer or hard it was, day. Yeah, it was one, of the, one of those. It was one of the hard festivals. And, you know, one of my favorite band, one of my favorite artists, Aluna George, you know, like the duo, were they were playing at this festival. That's why I really wanted to go. I mean, we had been to the hearts before. I mean, I, I love I love that festival, but I really wanted to see Aluna George. And we already had tickets. And 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 I will say also, they had just moved this festival to like outside of Pasadena, like far. And I, I'm in Venice, you know, but so it's far. It's like an hour and a half away from where we are living. We weren't, thankfully we weren't living together at the time. But, um, so we already had tickets. Um, I broke up before this festival happened and it was like the next weekend or the weekend after that or something, just shortly after. And um, so obviously I'm 
we had already planned it all with our friends. It wasn't really his friends that were going. It was yeah, and it was like it was like us. It was like our groups and and yeah, it was, and, it was our group. Did like Abby go and like yeah, like you yeah. I was like it was all the usual. Like it was our it was our group of people. Like everybody went and um, so I obviously I have tickets. I'm gonna keep going. So yeah. I we go an hour and a half outside of LA and um, at the Aluna George concert. I'm waiting for her to come on, like waiting for her set to start. Yes. And out of the fucking darkness, like Alan, you, yeah, just <laughs> you, you and I, you and I are standing there, just like looking straight at the stage. Like so, we're like just looking straight at the stage. So at we're the just front, looking at the very front. Yeah, so we're just looking kind of into like a sea of of like heads. People, kind of. It's, yeah. it's there's so many people there, and I'll, I get a tap on my shoulder. I turn around. It's Alan, and he is stifling tears. Um, also, I was just shocked in general that he's there because uh, he's also alone. Yeah. Um, when you asked him, you were like, "Who? Who'd you come with? Did like are there did, any of your friends who, here? Who are you here with?" And I don't even remember his answer. It was something like, "Oh, they're here," or like whatever. But he's like literally standing alone, like bloodshot eyes, like looks like he's like about to like fall apart, and you know, trying to talk to me. And I I'm think, like, I think he said, he's like, I, I've, I, I've been watching you or like, I saw oh, you yeah. in the I've crowd been, or something. Yeah. It was like, so scary. It was terrifying. No, he was like, Oh no, I saw you. And, um, I, I, I wanted to talk to you and, um, <laughs> you know, and, and, and wait, so, and we're also like, we're on drugs too. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay. So I was like, okay. So yeah, we can we easily say, I'm like, I'm rolling. I'm like, dude, this is not the time to talk to you about fucking heartbreak. Like, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I'm, I'm about to see, like, one of my, like, favorite artists, like, at the time, you know, go on. And you come out of nowhere with literally no one about to cry. Like, I'm just like, um, this is, I, I basically was like, that. look, I was like, we can talk about this another time. This is not the time. I, 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 I'm sorry. And I, I hope you have a good night. And like, you know, find your friends if they're there. I don't know. I was like, he had, okay, they weren't there. There were no friends. They were friends. not there. He drove an hour and a half, like just because- by himself and went straight, himself, went straight to the stage to that Luna George, George yeah. was going to be yeah. on and, and waited just, till he saw you. I was going to, cause he knew I was going to be there. And then, so we, we get him off and he just like fades back into no, like, the crowd, wait, like no, just wait, walking Alon, backwards. Wait, Alon, you missed, you missed like the creepiest part. Remember oh God, tell me. he asked you, he, he like grabbed your hand and put it on. Oh his no, chest. that was, that was a different time. Oh my God. Wait, what? That was a, how many times <laughs> has was, he like randomly shown up and, and creep, and that been was, creepy? That was a different time. That was a year after we broke up. Oh, I'll tell that my after. God. Okay. Oh my God. Yeah. No, 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 no. So he fades back into the crowd and then the rest of the night, you like us, like as a crew, we're, we're, I, I thought it was so funny too, because you're just like, um, do you think Andrew's watching? Oh, oh my God. Alan, we were so, we, do you think know, Alan's Alan. watching? We were so paranoid. And again, we paranoid were Because I'm like, he had been, he had already told us that we were, that, that he was watching us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways. Yeah. So the entire rest of the night, we're just like looking over our shoulder being like, do you think he sees us? Oh my God. <laughs> is he, is he there? Is he out there in the abyss? Like it was so creepy. So, um, so, uh, yeah, so that, that was one thing. Um, <laughs> then at one point, months after we'd been broken up, he was apparently planning, or this was his like reasoning to reach out, but he was planning a trip to Tucson. I don't know why. I mean, I, his work wouldn't take him there, but anyways, he emailed my mom, um, to ask her if she could meet up. <laughs> oh, weird. This was like maybe like four or five months after we'd broken up. He emailed my mom to ask if um, that they could meet up because he was going to be in Tucson. Did did um, he was he like close with your mom? No, <laughs> no. I don't even know how he has her email address. That's so weird. I know. Okay, so then yeah, so he emailed my mom at one point. Um, she never responded. She obviously forwarded it to me, and she's like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. <laughs> she's like, "Um, I what?" That's so I'm not. Weird. She was like, "I don't want to meet up with him," and I'm like, "No, yeah, don't no one does do that." Um, oh my so anyways, god so meeting up with uh I, I mean i mean emailing my mom then almost a year later i'm at bungalow i was with Anne actually i was oh, i fun. was at bungalow and for for my listeners um Anne is the oh. brooke agent's fiance and i interviewed the yes. Brooke agent oh yes <laughs> so yes she is oh i love her amazing love her. We grew up with her as well um 
so I'm with, I'm at the bungalow with Anne and like a group of girls, you know, whatever. And Andrew, Alan, Alan is there. This is so hard. I know. Well, just, let's just call him Andrew. Whatever. (laughs) He's there. And he like comes out of the crowd. Also still looks, I'm like, why do you look like you're about to cry? It's been because a year. He, because he was. He was like, he was choking back tears both times. He was choking back tears. And he like comes up and he's talking to me. And he's like, you know, saying, you know, try, like we're catching up lightly, like all this stuff. He's asking how I am. I'm asking how he is. And, um, you know, at one point in this conversation, you know, he's just like, I'm just, I have to say, I'm, I'm so nervous. Like, feel, feel my heart. Feel, feel my heart, feel my beating heart. It's so, it's beating so fast. And he takes my hand and he puts it on his chest so that I can feel his beating heart. And Anne is kind of to the side and she's like, dude, she, at this point, this is lawyer Anne, step again. Yeah. She's like, um, like you need to like back away. Like this is not like, this is not like why we're here. Like I yeah. hope you have a good day. Cease you know, whatever, and desist. Cease and like, desist. Cease and desist. Like, I'm going to put on like an order right now. Yeah, so that was the beating heart story. Oh my God. Um, yes, in the middle of Bungalow, he's like tearing up, making me feel his beating heart. And I'm like, uh, like the other hand, I have like a glass of rosé, like in one hand is on his beating heart. And <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck? It's been a year. Ugh. It's been a year since we've broken up. Oh my God. What a psycho. So, yeah, what a that psycho. was super weird. I was like, tell my mom I say hi. And um, like, what the fuck? Like, so yeah, it was, oh that, was that was, that was, that was, that was, that was the crazy story about the beating heart, which has literally happened. The, the other thing, I mean, you know, we had, we had just been a, a couple months or a couple weeks since we had broken up that that festival happened. But no, no, no. The beating heart story was a year later. That's insane. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh yeah. Oy. I'm so I'm so grateful that we both have um moved on from these like terrifying oh, yeah. horror shows of relationships. Oh my god, yeah. And and we're both no with people now. Right. And we're both with people now that like we don't have to yes. worry about murdering us. Yeah. So much better. Ugh. Um but yeah, I know. So that's really funny. But anyways, oh I'm glad I got to 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 share this and catch up and rehash and oh my just god. laugh about our former selves and yes thank you so much experience. thank you so much oh for God. doing this i'm so happy to go go back and enjoy the rest of your super bowl party go Rams! yeah right. that's right right that's right that's yeah. i have no idea but i fucking love you alon thank you so much for I doing this i love you this. too blake i'll talk to you soon i okay. love you so much all right bye bye, bye.